One of the best feelings in life is feeling anchored. When the waves of life come, you stay confident, stable, and secure. So how do we stay connected in a world full of distractions? We think honest conversations can help. I'm Allie. And I'm Lenise. Two friends who just want to chat about how to be our best selves. Thanks for joining us. This is Anchored in Life. No one needs to know that my cup is not as full as it should be. I'm really struggling to think of a time longer than three hours where my cup is full. Yeah, three hours is a long time. Is that what you're supposed to have? I would love a day, you know? Where did you read that? No, I haven't read it anywhere. I don't really read, so... (laughs) You read? I just... Stop it. What are the expectations of how long your cup should be full? I don't know. That's it. I've not, I've not thought about that. Because when I was trying to think of examples, that was the question that was lingering in my mind was, is it just like the burst of energy that you get from doing said thing? And then how long does it last? Hmm. So I, I think it's not realistic to put a number on it. You know, my cup should be full at least eight hours of the day. Well, that's just not going to happen. Not eight hours, not four hours, not two hours, at least not for me, not every day. But I think it's important to recognize when you are getting low on gasoline and it's time to refuel. And your body will find a number of ways to let you know that. It's just like when you're dehydrated, you you don't have a lot of energy, your head starts to hurt. When you are depleted, when your soul just needs <laughs> some extra TLC, you'll know it. And when that happens, mm-hmm. I think it's important for you to recognize and take pause. I feel like life doesn't allow us to pause, at least not for me. I, I just I feel like it's constantly nudging me to move faster than what I want to. Me too. I sit down and go, where did the day go? Did I intentionally spend the hours and minutes the way I wanted to? I struggle with the answer to that because I don't have 100% freedom. I do have a job. I do have responsibilities. I own a house. I don't know. Maybe it's never full, all the way full, you know, like it almost reaches the top and then you drain it. My husband wanted me to remind everyone on this podcast because it reminded him from the second one, I think. He's like, were you honest? And did you say that you're the kind of person that will pull up to a gas station when you have zero miles left of gas? (laughs) Because that's me. Our good friend, Trey, one of our producers, I used to send him pictures all the time of the gauge. The yeah, the gauge, gauge, the fuel gauge. But you know how the like digital cars tell you how many miles you have? Which is not correct. Okay, it's not correct, obviously, because I've driven around with it at zero. But now I know that. And so then I push it past zero, which is the dumbest idea. Yeah, but, don't do that. It, but that is such a good metaphor for me. Oh, I know. And I mentioned that in one of our uh, recordings. I don't know if it was the first one or not, but you know, you have to treat your soul, your body, your spirit as you would when you need gas for your car. When you start to get down to a quarter tank, it is time to refuel because once you get to zero, it's just not going to go. And mm-hmm. even once you get down to E, you're running on fumes. And you're not going to have that peak performance. And again, I say that no one's perfect, right? We, we all stumble with prioritizing. But when it comes to our health, you have to put that at number one. It's like when I try to skip lunch at work. When I hear my stomach rumbling, 
I'm going to be pretty useless when I'm hungry, but my mind's telling me to keep going because I don't have time to stop. But I've really learned that I cannot be effective. I cannot be my best if I don't stop and eat. You can't focus. No, my body needs it. I mean, it is literally talking to me in that moment. My stomach is. And I used to ignore it, but I've changed a lot of things about my eating habits. And that's one of them. Eat when you're hungry. It's the weirdest thing to think of doing consciously. But when you've done it for so long and skipped meals over and over again, my body wasn't even telling me it was hungry. So what's the first thing that you want to do when you need to refill your cup? Oh, wow. I meditate. I meditate. I was telling you earlier, I realized, you know, we've just been through a lot of traveling. And then when you finish traveling, you get back into work and it's just, it's go, go, go. And you and I are the same. We like our trips or vacations to be eventful. So it is nonstop. And when you get back from said vacation, you're filled with messages and phone calls to return. So that's nonstop. And as I was thinking about, oh, we're, we're talking about refilling your cup today. Oh, when's the last time that you did that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I immediately sat down. I sat down in the middle of my kitchen floor And I closed my eyes and I breathed. I took in three breaths and then I held that breath at the top for two seconds and I exhaled for three seconds. And I did that for about a cycle of of five until I no longer was conscious or aware that I was focusing on my breathing. It was just natural. And the immense peace that you get from that it's incredible. So for you, meditation is breathing and silence? Yes. And you can do guided meditation. And that's just one way to refill your cup. I feel like you were just talking about noise. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of noise, the noise of our our jobs, you know, people talking, uh, dealing with clients, the noise in our vehicle, just the motor running, your radio that you've got blasting. Noise constantly surrounds us and, and it's hard to filter. And when you can't filter, you really don't have a clear thought that you can exaggerate on. And the quiet from meditation allows me to do that un- until I'm just so relaxed where where I don't. Silence scares me. Why does it scare you? Why do you think it scares you? Because I really don't like to listen to my own thoughts. If it was silent, that's all I would be hearing. You're silent and you allow those thoughts to come in and come out. And in the process of doing that, don't focus on that thought. Say the thought comes in, oh my gosh, I really need to go feed the dog. So the thought comes in, I need to feed the dog. The thought comes right back out. I need to feed the dog. Go back to focusing on your breath, how it sounds when you're inhaling, the way it makes your stomach feel when you let the air out. You can train your mind to not focus on those negative thoughts because we all have them. That's what I was going to ask you. What do you do with a sticky thought? Like a sticky thought, I'll give you an example. You were a terrible boss today. Mm. Well, I will convert that into something that translates to me. Say, for instance, my daughter was not happy with something that I told her. And I would have to let that thought come in hear it, accept it. The more you reject it and try to push it away, the more it's going to keep coming back. That's why it's sticky, because your mind wants to recognize it. But recognize it. Say, okay, 
I was a terrible boss today, and let that go. When you say it, you recognize it, and then you can move on. You really, you really can. I know you're you're probably thinking like, no, it's not that easy, but try it. Yeah, I will try it. And then what you want to do is return your focus to your breath. And I do feel like I can do that when I am in yoga. I can, mm-hmm. It's not like I'm struggling in yoga when, especially when the instructor is very in tune with breath and wants all the movements to be with your breath. It's not a foreign thing to me, but it certainly is to stop and sit in silence. My coworkers call me a shark because if sharks stop swimming, they die. I don't know that I like that, but okay, coworkers. <laughs> I walk really fast and I think it just like really throws people off. They think I'm in a rush all the time and I'm not. It's just the speed in which I move. A sense of urgency. It matters. For me, filling up my cup, I have to be alone. I guess my dog doesn't count. I am an extroverted introvert, but I cannot recharge if there are people around me. I mean, even just my husband sitting on the couch, I can't. I can't do it. I have to be in a different room. I need to be watching something that's just mine. I really need to or reading something that's just mine or doing something that's just mine. I cannot share the experience. I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah. And I'm so used to it. Too. I'm an only child. So you just kind of grow up like that. And I was never jealous of people who had siblings. I never wanted one. I never felt lonely growing up. So having roommates in college was a challenge. That was really crazy. And then obviously now I live with someone forever. And I just know when my time is is up. Like I just know when I need to go recharge. And when Nathaniel and I first got married, we started telling each other where our batteries were at when we got home. This was his first job. And so we were getting really drained really quickly. And so we'd get home and I'd say, you know, I have 20% left. And he'd mm-hmm. say, well, I have five. And it was mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where I knew that I was the one that had more energy to make dinner or I had more energy to take the dog out or something Mm -hmm. and then reverse it. The other person helps, you know, and you'd think that you just both keep knocking down your numbers, but that's really not what happens because when you're with someone that you love, you want to be honest. So, you know, there are days where he's at zero and I'm at a hundred. And so I just do all the things that I know will not drain his energy and help him keep his energy. And he's such an introvert that he needs to preserve his energy, but he has such an extrovert's job. So when he goes to work, he is straight on extrovert the whole day. So that was interesting sharing that with him and having to think about it when he would say that to me, thinking about where my battery was at. Yeah, I'm really just trying to conserve that energy because you do only have so much. But I think the communication that you guys established is important and it's a good thing. Um, Not only being honest with each other, but being honest with yourself. And that goes along with knowing and recognizing and accepting. Yep. I'm at that 20% instead of keep trying to plug along. Right, right. Would you say that you meditate as much as you think you need to? No, no. How much? Not nearly. Perfect world. How much would you Mm. meditate? Oh, gosh. I would get at least an hour a day. (gasps) Straight? Oh, no. I would wake up in the morning and have a 15-minute meditation. I would say in the afternoon, a 15-minute meditation, and then at night, a 30-minute meditation. So two 15s and a 30. And I only get probably... uh, Well, consistently, because there are days when I, I am able to do... 20 minutes, um, I probably only get an average of 12. 
And I know that. So I will share this with you. There is an app that I use and it's called Insight Timer. And it is a great meditation app. I highly recommend it. It is a paid app, but it is well worth it. And it asks you to check in, to describe your mood, and it will give you music or guided meditations based on what you say you are feeling. And so I know that it's about 12 minutes because those are usually the times that I click on. It'll break it down into increments of times as well that you can do the meditation. And that's usually where I gravitate. In the afternoon, I'm, I'm working. So there's no time for that. Unless there's breaking news and, and I'm really starting to get... Ugh, What's a good word? Just too wound up? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's a lot of adrenaline that goes with my profession. And that's one of the reasons why I love it. My husband doesn't like when I say this, but he knows it's true. I am an adrenaline junkie. Well, you asked me to jump out of a plane with you. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we're still working on that. No. That is a no. That's not I'm not even going to try to work on that. That's not nice. (laughs) (laughs) There are people listening who agree with me. Well... We don't we don't know that. They've not reached out and said. Reach out and say it, people, please. <laughs> I I love the adrenaline. Oh man. But it's not good for your your heart, right? Right. And I can feel my heart pounding. And when I have that sensation, I instantly remind myself, breathe. Not just breathe like exhale, like take five breaths, deliberate breaths. And, you know, depending on who I'm standing next to, I, I will get a stare. Most of my co-anchors are used to me doing that now. <laughs> I mean, people are turning on the TV to watch a calm person say some pretty terrible things sometimes. So it's a lot of pressure to be calm and have your wits about you when you're talking about something when you have little information about. I understand that too. When I worked at the station, I would did a lot of breaking news, but out in the field. So you're kind of watching it unfold and then having to talk about it in real time, especially if it was a tornado or a hurricane or something. And yeah, I think I would get past the point of having adrenaline. I'm trying to think of oh, like one thing that I do to fill my cup. I know I mentioned that I need to be alone. Do you journal? No, we've talked about this. Yeah, but I thought you said that you were going to start. That was your opportunity to say yes. I did start that one day. Okay, clearly, here's the problem. This is a, <laughs> The common denominator in this is that I can't sit still. So should I walk and journal? Is that even possible? Are you talking about literally sitting down and writing in something? Whatever works for you. If you want to keep a, a video log, you can do that as well. It's just an opportunity to vent. Mm, or what okay. about travel? So for me, I am, I am selfish and my husband knows this. So every year I will take a trip with a girlfriend. I will take a trip by myself and I will take a trip with the family. And those are, I love to travel. So for me, that's a way to refill my cup, even Mm -hmm. though I'm running and gunning the entire time I'm there. It's exciting Mm -hmm. and it's, it's wonderful to travel and just have new experiences. So for me, that's a way to refill. Mentoring, reaching out to other aspiring journalists or going out into the community. I am always out in the community just because there's nothing more that can make you feel as though you are making a difference. I, I can't even describe how good it feels to help others. And so those are things that I do as well to to fill my cup. And you do those things too. I do. And they're just not scheduled, you know, on a, like a regular basis. So I think that's why I'm struggling to think. Recording this fills my cup, Aww. which seems counter to what you would think because I'm kind of 
pouring out here. I'm a little, I'm draining some things, but I like to have in not intense, but I like to have meaningful deep conversations, conversations with people, meaningful conversations with people. Like when I get together with my neighbors, eventually we start talking and talking and talking. And now we're all talking about something, you know, pretty deep and pretty meaningful. And I like that. I leave there refreshed, even though some would say the conversation was intense. You know, I really, really like that. And I think that's why I like listening to podcasts. I'm not listening to fluffy podcasts. I'm listening to people having good, meaningful conversations with each other about their lives and their experiences and how they've messed up and come back from that. For some reason, when we pick the topic of these podcasts, then the the lesson comes in the week of the podcast that we're recording. So I said, why are we recording this? I feel like my cup is really empty right now. It's really ironic that we're recording this, but it really is the best time to do it because I'm thinking of all the ways that I need to fill back up. And thankfully, I get to go to one of my favorite places mm-hmm. soon. And I, you know, it's a place that I used to spend a lot of time with my dad. And so I get to go there and reflect and think about him and my family will be there. I'm so that'll be great. What are a couple of things that you would say every single time they drain you? Oh, well, you know, sweeping the floor. Uh <laughs> Doing laundry. Yep. My mother <laughs> loves doing laundry. She says it's calming. How in the world is it calming? I have no idea. But you know what? I, For as much as I enjoy being involved, I have to be careful with overextending myself. I've been reminding myself, don't just say yes to everything. If you're not enthusiastic about that yes... Because if you show up someplace, all they know is that you said yes. So they expect you to be there. They expect you to be happy that you're there. And they expect you to do a good job. But from my perspective, it's my time. It's my time away from my family. Or it's my time before I go into work. You did not say thank you. You did not offer me a glass of water. You know, but those things wouldn't matter if you were enthusiastic about it from the get-go. If you were to come and, and ask me to go with you on a retreat and, and give a speech about the importance of wellness, oh, heck yeah, I am there all day for that. But say if someone else asked me to come over and do their laundry because they have a cast on, well, it's not a heck yeah, but okay, yeah, I'll come over because I see you need the help. But it's just when you're there, you it feels like you're expecting something though because you're not as enthused about it. So I have to be careful with that. Those are and and then also to to answer your question, it gets harder to go through with it when it's something that I didn't really want to do at the beginning. It's like you burn energy trying to convince yourself to go. I know I struggle sometimes when I hear, you know, say yes to everything. You don't know what's on the other side of that experience. It's like but sometimes I do, though. <laughs> and sometimes I don't need to know what's on the other side of that experience. Uh, yeah. There is nothing more draining in the entire world to me than small talk. I can't do it. I do it. It's fine. But oh my God. I mean, five minutes of small talk, I could have. Yeah, because it's not meaningful for you. My brain ran a marathon. Right. Very little do you do you walk away from small chat with like this great nugget. I know, yeah. I mean sometimes, I guess, but it's just I feel like I'm 
I look like a rude, grumpy person, like in the grocery store. Like, I don't know. <laughs> because I just, but I just want everything to be meaningful. And I'd rather us just not interact if it's not going to be meaningful, you know? But you have those fun run ins with people that you met or, you know, randomly. I met someone at the deli line the other day. We had a good conversation about something. I think me and his wife had something in common. And that was great. But like, otherwise, I just usually, it's just so draining to me. And I think that's why sometimes I have more, I have days at work where I feel extra drained because I think I interacted a lot with people that I don't usually interact with at work. And so something about that is more draining. It doesn't seem like a big deal when I'm in the moment, but then I get home and I'm like, why am I so tired? And I do feel a difference between being mentally tired and physically tired. But when the two are combined, there's not a word for that. And I think I might be experiencing a little bit of it right now because I did really hard workouts the last four days in a row and I haven't really rested. And then mentally it's been go, go, go. So I know you've been running around all over the place. It's important. And what I always remind people of, you're no good to anyone else if you are not 100%. And it's a hard question to ask yourself, A, what am I lacking? And B, how do I fix it? And then it it can be even harder to have the discipline to do it. You're not going to have that 100% that's needed to be truly effective in whatever next step it is that you're taking. And you can't borrow your energy or get it from someone else. I think that's a little bit of a misconception sometimes, especially for newlyweds, like your husband, this wonderful man that you just married can give you all of these things and give you all this energy and help you with all these things. I mean, if it's not inside of you, it's not going to last long and you cannot rely on someone else to give that to you on a daily basis, I mean. Yeah. And for some people, that just means an app, you know, or or taking a walk. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking when you say journaling and stuff. I might talk into my phone while I walk. Here's Here's what I'm finding. So whenever I have to do something that requires my full attention and I have to really focus and finish it, like writing. At work, I have to do a lot of writing. Obviously, you do too. If I'm at home, at least... I will put on a TV show that I have watched a million times. And Brene Brown has talked about this on her podcast. She watches Law & Order constantly, Mm -hmm. like the old episodes. And it's like she had a a scientist on one time that said there's something in your brain to where when there's something monotonous happening in the background, your brain can focus on the thing that you're trying to do versus if it was silent for me and I was trying to write, I would get so distracted by something around me, something else, the text I just got, the email I just got. But for some reason, when I have that show on as background noise, I am locked in to the thing that I'm doing. And it's all to create a healthy balance. And and you have that when you're able to allocate your time and your energy in a way that allows you to meet those responsibilities, but while also taking care of yourself. So you know, practice that self-care. If it's just a long, relaxing bath, set the boundaries. In my case, if it's not a heck yes, then say not right now. And then prioritize your your mental and your physical health. And the two go hand in hand. And sometimes you're going to have to try things because there are a lot of people giving lots of advice. And I think some people want to be a certain way. They want something to work or 
the same thing works for their partner and it's convenient, but that doesn't work for you. It doesn't fill you up. You just got to be honest with yourself. Do I feel full after this thing? Or am I the same? Or Mm -hmm. am I actually a little more drained? I mean, you really have to stop while you're filling up your cup. You have to stop and just assess where your cup's even at to start with. I could talk all day about running and and meditation. (laughs) And I don't think that's what this episode is. We're all going to get there. And this is a reminder to everyone to prioritize taking care of yourself. You don't want to have that burnout. And you also want to have longevity. And you hold on to that anger and stress, it shortens your lifespan. Why do you think it's so hard for us to do this? Time. Time and greediness. We want what we want and we want it now. And that pertains to everything. We want to be done with this task. We want to be the person that can be there for everyone. So we say yes. We want to be strong enough to do all the things and still say our cup is full when really that's not true. We want it all. But sometimes you you need to take a break. Just like when you're eating, your stomach is only going to stretch so much. Sometimes you need to pause and digest, take a nap, wake back up. Sometimes... I just want to go live in a sleepy European country for a month and just see what speed people are at. We could plan that um, two years from now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because if we're really, yeah, we're we're going to need that much time to save and budget if we're doing it right. Um, And you will have to have several journals. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to have to read them again. And reflect. That's how you grow. Oh man, it's it's kind of ingrained into our society, and I just think about that sometimes. About what would I be like if I wasn't mm-hmm. in this country? Would would I would my life be a little different in terms of the pace in which I move? Maybe I'll never know because I'll never be born in another country. Well, I actually was. That's funny. My mom is probably shaking her head right now. I was, I was born say, in Germany. <laughs> I am um, reading this book. And it's it's by Luke Russert, and it's called Look For Me There. And it's all about how he is traveling the world, trying to find himself. Um, he's the son of Tim Russert, an American journalist. And he talked about the difficulty that he experienced grieving after his father died. And he goes to all these different places around the world And the pacing really depends on where you are. But mostly what I'm taking away from that book is the experience and the reflection he's able to get. You know, you can feel as though you have the worst life. You can feel that your life is mediocre. But then when you go to other places and you see how rich their lives are, even without all the material things... It helps you to have better perspective. And I would be curious to have that experience um, because I think even that alone, combined with maybe a slower pace or not so slow of a pace, would allow you to recharge because you're feeling good about yourself. And that's another thing that we have to be mindful of are the things that we are saying about ourselves and to ourselves. You know, please be positive with your words because that can drain your battery as well. It's like me on the pickleball court. You're not trying to be a professional pickleballer over here. Why don't you just, you miss the shot. You're not terrible. Just move on. It's just, it's so crazy how you just get into that spirit of like, I want to win. That's why I'm out here. It's like, that's not why you're out here. 
you're out here because your neighbors are cool and you're playing pickleball with them. It's a nice day. You live in a nice neighborhood and this is a privilege. So enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Right. Things that can give you joy and energy, you might be robbing yourself of it because of the way that you're twisting it in your mind and the thoughts that are you're letting win around it. It's probably what's happening with me and running, honestly. I don't think I'm letting it be helpful because I'm mad that I'm doing it. I'm not going to reach for the stars here, but I will meditate twice before our next recording. I will hold you to it. Is that fair? I think it's very fair, fair, right? And I will try to get up to a 20-minute meditation in the morning and also make sure that I'm not hard on myself when I know that it's time to recharge. And I would encourage people listening to do that too. Don't be hard on yourself. We're not robots. I think we had some good points here. I like it. Me too. I feel... Recharged. I'm not all awake. I mean, I'm not. I knew you were going to say that. That's why I was trying not to use that word. I'm more charged than I was when I started the conversation. How's that? But I got to do a bunch. I got to, got to do some stuff because it's been a week. Well, thank you for spending time with me. Thank you. 